yes, they do come true. Dreams, yes, they do come true. And so I don't know where you are in life in your dream or your uh, purpose or focus, but I want to tell you, dreams, they really do come true. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your aspirations. Judges, chapter 16, a well-known story. Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow... Get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Father, I thank you for your word that has these accounts of men and women and young people dedicated and committed to you and the life experiences they had and the lessons we can learn. Holy Spirit, we thank you for inspiring men to write and record all the things that we have now in what is called the Holy Scriptures. Holy Spirit, I pray that the verses and the words and the thoughts and intents you would take this morning and you'd speak to us and encourage your people. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose for this morning and there's nothing that can thwart your purpose. Let your kingdom come. Let your authority, let your rulership be in all of our lives this morning, and let us have ears to hear what the Spirit might say to us. Help us, Lord, to share appropriately in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's Samson. We, all, we know the story of how all the wonderful feats he had done, the things he had done against the Philistines and carried away city gates and just whooped people really, really good. He would have probably been your first WWF kind of a guy. Just, I mean, annihilating the enemy. And so here he is now. He was finally tricked and betrayed by somebody who he thought he could trust. And so they eventually cut his hair off and then they gouged out his eyes. And now he's a prisoner of the Philistines. Samson wasn't mad so much that he was captured, that they cut his hair wasn't even so much mad, it seems, that they were making, forcing him to grind at the mill. But one thing that ticked him off was when they gouged out his eyes. When they took away his eyesight, his vision. Friends, when God gives you a dream, you cannot view your dream under the jurisdiction of those that have tried prior to that dream to reduce you to nothing. People who have said, you're never going to amount to anything, you're not going to accomplish anything, you're not all those things that they might have said or ways they didn't encourage you when you were growing up. In fact, they tried to steal your dream. Perhaps you grew up in an environment that stifled dreams and had little affirmation from whether it be your teachers or educators or 
coaches in sports or professors and, or even your parents. And these influencers never imparted faith and vision to you. How many had anybody in your life, not asking for names or people, don't look at anybody, don't poke anybody, anybody in your life who really was not an influencer of faith and vision in your life? Anybody? Kind of negative. I, I, sure, there's a few of those around. And you may run into a few more yet in life who would challenge some dream or some aspiration or some desire that you have. And, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Judges chapter 6 and verse 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. (laughs) Mighty warrior. Then verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And Gideon, you know, he wasn't so much a man of faith and power right now. He was kind of a man of paste and flour. Just kind of wasn't there yet. But the angel of the Lord is speaking the right things to him, and he's hearing him. But he says, pardon me, my Lord. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. And the Lord answers, I will be with you, and you will strike down how many Midianites? All the Midianites, leaving none alive. Now that is incredible. Here's Gideon, and maybe you've been like Gideon. Maybe you see yourself as kind of nothing, as kind of the black sheep of the family, you know, the runt of the family, whatever. You're just under like Gideon, you're like Gideon, you're under an oak tree. And you're doing a meaningless task. Cleaning toilets at home, whatever, I don't know what it is. And you're, you're doing this meaningless task. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel your job is meaningless. And maybe every now and then it takes God to dispatch an angel to speak to you and say, like Gideon, No, Gideon, you are somebody. You are a mighty man of valor. Huh. He's under this tree doing a meaningless task thinking he's the least of his family. This is what you think you are, but the angel says, this is what I see in you. Here's what I see in you. When everybody else may only see a shepherd boy, God sees someone else. He sees a person committed to visions and dreams and purpose. Say with me, purpose. Purpose. God, no, no, purpose. Purpose. One more time. Purpose. Purpose. We gotta see, we gotta see purpose in life. Dreams and visions and purpose. Where would we be without the visionary efforts of people like our forefathers? You know, people who, I'll just think for a moment, we would not be enjoying WestJet or whatever you use without the Wright brothers. I mean, who are the Wright brothers, right? Those guys that did all those crazy experiments trying to fly. We wouldn't have some of the things we have now if it weren't for Henry Ford. Now, I know many of you are Dodge lovers, and I'm with you. Henry Ford. Now, Henry Ford at one time said, you can have whatever color you want as long as it's black, right? But he he came up with the, the, the automobile. Alexander Graham Bell. People 
look back to some of our forefathers. We have a nation because somebody sat down and decided we're going to have these provinces and this is how it's going to be run. Da, 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 da. I don't know about you, but it's interesting. When a person falls asleep at night and uh, you close your eyes and you're sleeping. And when you're sleeping... It's dark, right? When you're asleep, it's dark. Your eyes are shut. Um, some people have an ability to shut out natural light, you know, with their eyelids and they close and it's all dark. So when you dream at night and your eyes are closed and it's dark, amazingly, even though it's dark, yet you see things moving in your dream, you see things in color. When you dream, you have the ability, now get this, here's a great principle. When you dream, you have the ability to see in the dark. I don't know why that didn't get you excited, but it gets me excited. When things are dark, you can still dream. You can still understand your purpose and have vision, even though it's dark. Even though things look bleak. Friends, Not all of your Christ-like days are going to be bright and sunshiny. Not all of your Christ-like days are going to be that way. You will have some gray days. You will have some dark days. But David learned this. He said in Psalm 23, verse 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil. Even though I go through the darkest of times, I'll fear no evil. David learned how to see in the dark. Anyone can be excited when everything is going great. When everything, but when everything is breaking loose in life, and the devil seems to be on your case, we still have to be able to stand and to say, I know whom I have believed in. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Right. Even in the dark. Yeah. And friends, it's possible. I want to talk to some of you that are entrepreneurs and visionaries. You've been able to learn to see in the dark because you get a dream. And it doesn't come to being overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. I remember in high school, now that's a long time ago, but I remember in high school, I belonged to this club called the Photography Club. Any of you way back my age, Remember, did you have a photography club in your school? Anybody? We had this photography club. And I, I didn't know much about it, so I joined it just for something to do. Now, that was before digital technology. Okay? Before digital technology. When film would be developed in what was called a dark room. Right? It was a dark room. Now, friends, most of our dreams... Discover clarity in the darkness. Joseph. Joseph never lost hope, even when his brothers threw him in a pit. Somehow the dream for rulership or the dream of the palace was not undermined by the momentary seconds of being in the pit. And it was dark in the pit. Film is developed in darkness. What God is speaking to you about your goals... Your corporate goals, you need to write them down, 
pray over them and realize you need God to help you bring it to pass. It doesn't happen overnight. I love hearing about the dreams of people or the desires or their entrepreneur plans or what they feel God's going to do with and through their life. That is exciting to me. It may be from the two little kids of, you know, the little switcher boys who had the, the uh, lemonade stand out front of their house here a while ago raising money for Mexico orphans. I, talk, I stopped to talk to them and I, I didn't want to buy cookies or juice really. I just wanted to help them in their little plan to gain some money for these orphans. And here they had a dream. They had a plan. I love to support people with a plan or a dream or an idea that they think God has for them in their life. Doesn't happen though overnight. We have to hold on. Don't give up. Don't give up. Right? Don't give up. You've been sowing. You can't quit when it's harvest time. You've been sowing for years, maybe months, maybe decades, but don't give up. It's harvest time. Hallelujah. And you know what? For Northwest Family Church, I want to tell you, it's harvest time. It's harvest time. We've been sowing and sowing. Don't give up. Vision, Bill Hybels said this, it's on the screen. Vision is a picture shot of a future purpose that gives you energy and drive for today. Vision is a picture shot of a future purpose that gives you energy and drive for today. When we would take film from the, you wouldn't take it out of the, camera until you're in the dark room with the old technology but when you take the film into the dark room and you begin to process it well there was a light there was this red light and you begin to process it it was first called what a negative it was first called a negative oftentimes when we start out on this journey of faith and passion and all of your entrepreneur ideas may appear at first very negative. No money, no this, no that, no the other thing, no whatever. And you go through these negative seasons. And you go through challenging and frustrating seasons. And you go through times when you just want to quit. But how many of you know, if you just hold on, that God will come through and God will make a way where there's no other way. Hallelujah. He will make a way. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're listening. He will make a way. I mean, he will make a way. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep your dreams. Keep your dreams. You know, God too is a dreamer. Did you know that? He's a dreamer. They, I'm paraphrasing now, they... The Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they, maybe they were having a roundtable discussion. I'm not sure how it was all going, but they said, let's create a heaven that's going to have an atmosphere where there's no sickness, no death, no sorrow, no poverty, no racism, no war, no cruelty, no judging, no hypocrisy. (laughs) The dream. They're going to create this place. And you and I, we call it heaven. And we know from scripture that one day, 
Guess where our destination is going to be where there will be no more crying, no sorrow, no death, no da-da-da-da, none. God had a dream. In fact, Revelation says he's going to make a river with, two, with trees on either side of the river and the leaves that fall are going to be for the healing of the nations. Now, over 2,000 years ago, that dream began to be a reality as someone named Jesus paid the price for that dream to become a reality. There are people enjoying that dream right now. I have a brother, a father, mother-in-law, father-in-law, friends enjoying the dream of the father. Enjoying it. Now, Samson was the dream of Israel. Samson's mother was barren until God opened her womb. Until God opened her womb, she was barren. Listen, this excites me. God can bless what seems barren in your life. I got a feeling this is for somebody here. God can bless what seems barren in your life. You know that vision, that dream, that idea that, you know, it's, it's kind of maybe there on the shelf and it's not bringing any, any fruit, it's not coming together. I want to say God can bless what seems barren in your life. Maybe some relationship, some issue, some situation that just isn't bearing fruit, isn't multiplying, isn't doing what you thought it would do. God can still bless what seems barren in your life. We get distracted and we don't, we don't have the quote unquote the right kind of productivity right now and whatever you might be doing is just not coming together. It's just not happening. It's just, and so we become distracted. But I want to say to, the, to you this. God can bless what seems barren in your life. And this is what he did. And Samson was born. His mom was barren. And God came and opened her womb. And that which was barren was now fruitful. And the dream became a reality as Samson became one of the judges of Israel to deliver the nation of Israel and to fulfill God's dream for his nation. The dream of God was that the Israelites would finally be delivered from the hand of the Philistines. Now, Samson appears to be in the dark room. His vision is gone. He has chains on him. He's grinding at the mill. They've gouged out his eyes. He could possibly be thinking it's over. And maybe didn't quite understand that God will actually use our setbacks for our setup. He'll take your setbacks and he'll use them as a setup. We can get discouraged so easily, don't we? The moment something negative happens, we want to quit. We get so discouraged. Listen, God will take and use your setbacks as your setup. I love it. Oh God, yeah, do that. There's over three. Listen now, listen to this now before I get too excited. Samson's there. There's over 3,000 voices screaming and yelling at him, 
mocking the man of God. Get this now. Over 3,000 voices yelling. But God didn't hear any of those voices. He only heard Samson's voice when he prayed. There's a lot of voices that are coming in your head and around you. A lot of voices. And sometimes those voices can discourage you. And distract you from the vision and plan and purpose that God has for your life and for my life. I tell you, there's a lot of voices in my life. All kinds of voices. And all, you know, many, many, many voices. Sometimes I think they're even made up voices where we create them ourselves. But here, over 3,000. One voice that God had handpicked to deliver Israel from this enemy. And through Sam, though Samson didn't have natural vision, he was blind, had no physical sight, but he had insight. He had insight. He had what you might call supernatural vision, developed in the dark room of life. And friends, there's things that God wants to develop in you and in me in the dark room of life. Don't despise those times because it's in the dark room we can see in living color. The purposes and plans that God has for us. In the time when the enemy thinks he's got you. (laughs) No, he doesn't. Because we're coming out of there like resurrected life out of the dark room. Coming out with more passion, more power, more vision. What God had done in his spirit had propelled Samson now to accomplish God's dream for his life. Dreams do come true. From the time of Samson's setback, set up to the time he brought the house down, there's three unique pieces of his journey. And you see this all in your notes. Three unique pieces of his journey. First of all, number one, Samson was able to move forward. Okay, he was able to move forward. There's that young boy, and he says to the boy, take me to the pillar, pillars that I might lean against them. He's able to move forward. It doesn't matter how dark or bleak or black the circumstance or situation is. If you don't like where you are, do something about it. If you don't like where you are, well, then do something. Don't just stay where you are at and complain about what could be better. Move towards better. Move. Don't stand, you know, rigor mortis set in. Here I stand till God moves me. No. Say, God, which direction do you want me to move? And move. I'm not saying physically move. I'm just saying one foot after the other do something, move towards better. The interesting thing about counseling is that people really, they, 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 they want to change. People want to change. But they don't want to do anything to bring about the change. It's that person, that person, that's it with them, whatever. If Sam, now get this picture. We, we had, I was going to actually go up in, upstairs there because we've got these huge columns still up there, up 
above the stage there. I was going to bring the huge columns down here, but I ran out of time, whatever. And just imagine those couple big columns. And um, if Samson would have stayed where he was, where he was with maybe by the boy, whatever, and there he was, and he was the subject of ridicule. If he would have stayed where he was and did not move forward, did not pray, did not believe, and did not trust God, if he would have stayed where he was, he never would have brought the house down. Never. If he stayed where he was. It's interesting to notice that God used a young boy to help him. One of the ways that God will use is that he will send somebody unpredictable to help you. Somebody you wouldn't have naturally chosen. Somebody you wouldn't have. I want that person to help me. He will use somebody unpredictable. And God will challenge you as you might think, that person can't help me. That company can't help my company. You never know who God wants to use to help you. You never know. Listen, what would have happened if Joseph, now imagine for a moment Joseph, he's in the pit. I don't know how deep the pit is, but obviously it was deep enough he couldn't get out. Or he'd have got out when the brothers were trying to decide what to do with him. So he's in this deep pit, and he's in the dark room. It's dark, it's bleak. And all of a sudden a rope comes down, and his brothers are handing him a rope that he can climb up the rope and get out. Now imagine if Joseph would have said, I don't know, my dad told me not to hang out with gypsies. Because they were still sold to gypsies, right? I'm just going to stay here. What if he had done that? No. He was given an opportunity to get out. He took the rope and he got out. You don't know who God is going to use. For the elderly, it might be a younger person. For the young, it might be an older person. That God might use for their wisdom and their experience, whatever, and God may, for the older, may use a younger person for their energy and creativity and ideas. And You can't always say, well, it has to be this way, or it has to be that way. When builders want to build a 50-story building, they first build down before they go up. The building first goes in the opposite direction of the intended goal. Someone say, hey, I thought we were building up. Why are you going down? They'll tell you, you'll never get anything to stay standing until you build a proper foundation and go down first. How many of you believe that to build something really big or great for God, something that God would be pleased with, something that can touch the world, the bigger you build, the deeper you've got to dig? The deeper you've got to go into a foundation and in the basics that, that build your Christian life. The deeper you've got to go for the higher you want to build. An archer decides to shoot an arrow. If he's going to shoot an arrow forward, 
The first thing he has to do is what? Pull back. And the harder the pullback, the more velocity and accuracy it gets. Are you experiencing any pullback from your goals and your dreams and your desires? Where things are pulling, I want to go that way, and it's pulling you, you want to go that way. Friend, listen, the more it's pulled back, the greater velocity it actually when it's finally released. We've faced some pullback. You probably faced some pullback. Friends, if I could speak for a moment prophetically, we have faced some pullback, but we're about to be released to the glory of God. Amen? We're fa- and you're, you're maybe you're facing pullback in your business or your, your home or your family or desires and dreams. I want to tell you, when it's released, look out! Because it'll be greater velocity than just a little twick, 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 right? Greater velocity and accuracy. I don't know. Canadians are kind of a funny breed. And I was reading some stuff on Canadians. Canadians are always quick to apologize. I'm sorry. Somebody bumps into you. I'm sorry. And it was clearly their fault. I'm sorry. Or you're in the grocery store. It's happened to me sometimes at Superstore. And I'm looking for stuff in the cooling part. Now they've got doors. I'm looking for stuff. And somebody just comes and barges right in front of you. And what do you say? Oh, sorry. When really you want to say, hi. <laughs> We're so apologetic. We're so whatever words you might use as Canadians. But we're, we're such a blessed people, obviously. But... Somehow, at times, we like things the same, comfortable, predictable. And even liking things the same, comfortable, and predictable, somehow in our pea brains, we're still expecting a different result than we got the last time. Friends, that's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing the same way all the time, but expecting different results. If we want to have some different results, maybe we have to do something different. Now, friends, me saying that, you got to say is a miracle. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, you know, and, and yet God's stretching me. God's giving me some pullback. And God's saying, listen, don't give up on the dreams. Don't give up on the vision. Don't give up on the purpose. Because all I want you to do is the first step, like Sam said, just move forward. Just, okay, God, I moved. (laughs) Okay, okay. Move forward. So Samson, he first changes position, and he moves forward. Secondly, he gets to the pillars. The boy takes him to the pillars. And the second thing Samson does, he prays for strength. Now, we all of us, I'm sure, we pray, we ask God for strength. Samson prays an unusual prayer for strength. It's, this is kind of an interesting prayer. And perhaps the, what made this prayer so powerful was that Samson says this. He says, Lord, strengthen me just this once. Just this once. Now, 
he could have logically been saying, because Lord, when I pull the pillars down, it's over for me. So I won't be praying anymore on this earth, right? But he says, just this once. Now, I don't know if, I think we're all somewhat the same, that it's unique because often in life, you face situations in life that after being in them once, you don't ever want to be there again, right? And so you say, God, help me out of this just this once because I ain't going back. I'm I'm not going to do this again. So help me just this once. And then we find ourselves in another totally totally different situation. We're praying, oh God, oh God, help me just this once. And we find another one, another one over here. Oh God, please help me just this once. Now I know Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us, but how many times have you been saved? How many times have you been rescued from things where you prayed, oh God, just this once, give me strength, just this once. And he saves you. And oh God, give me strength. And another time he saves you. From our own blunders and mistakes or whatever. Now I know we, we, we were eternally saved once. But I think we've been physically and emotionally and everything saved many, many, many times. And so he prays this powerful prayer. Oh God, strengthen me just this once. Now the third part of Samson's journey is probably the most difficult and where I'll probably get the most pushback from you, from anybody, myself included. Samson died with his dream. Samson died with his dream, for his dream, in his dream. And that's the part of the story that maybe we don't want to, you know, liken to our life None of us could be forgiven until salvation was manifested through Christ's death. None of us. God's dream cost him his son's life. The Bible says no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. It is as if the Godhead, humor me now in this illustration, it's as if the Godhead, in discussing this dream, in discussing this future plan for creation, in having this roundtable discussion, it's as if the Son of God in this discussion says, Father, I'm committed to this dream. Because Scripture says, before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. He knew, way before we were ever on the scene, he was committed to the Father's dream. Amazing. He knew he would have to die for all of our sins. He knew that someone had to die for this dream. Friends, we have to believe God to the degree that we're willing to die for the dream. Now, men, the Bible says, you need to be willing to give up your life for your wife. Do you remember Vowing that? Do you remember? At the altar saying, I'll take the bullet. I'll take it. What kind of a message do you think Christians in Syria and 
Those countries would tell us when they're standing on the shores and asking to either renounce their faith or die. We think, well, that's way over there. But friends, don't hold your breath that there isn't situations, maybe not literally life and death, but where are we committed to the dream of serving the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Or is it just those little things that get us so distracted that we give up on the dream of loving the one who gave his life for us? Receiving an eternal reward and spending eternity in presence of Almighty God. How easily sometimes we're distracted or discouraged. Do things really mean that much to us in the land of the convenient? We just kind of say, well, oh, you don't like me anymore? Okay, I don't like you anymore either. You don't like me? Fine. I don't like you. What? We need to have people, and we need to be people that are committed, that can believe God in the good times and in the bad times. The Italian heiress, the princess, who decided to trade in her riches and go to Calcutta. We know her as Mother Teresa. She said, if I'm going to die, I would just as soon die on the field for what I believe. Gave all of that to become Mother Teresa. We all know, and we've heard oftentimes Martin Luther King ended his speech, I have a dream. J.F. Kennedy said, too, he had a dream of a man walking on the moon. What's your dream? Believe in your dream. Hold on to your dream. And there's three people that you will come in contact with as you endeavor to maintain your dream. Three people. One, you're going to come in contact with dream haters. They're going to hate you because you have a dream. You have a stated purpose. You have a life purpose. You have a plan. You have a vision. You have a direction you want to go in in life. And they're going to hate you for it. Canada was founded on great dreamers. But do you know how many dreams have been silenced by abortion? Silenced. Since its legalization in 1969 until 2009, over 3.2 million Canadians have died from elective abortion. From 2010 till 2015, you can add another 600,000. Close to 4 million dreams silenced. There's dream haters. Now those were what we would call elective abortions. Not medical and whatever. Elective abortions. Joseph's brothers were dream haters. And we know that. I mean, he told his brothers his dreams and whether he told them in the right attitude or not is not for me to say. But his brothers hated his dream. Run across anybody who makes fun of your dream and because of your dream and your desires and your goals in life, they're thinking... 
Oh, come on, get real. Maybe the friendship is suffering, whatever, and you know that they really are against your dream. Your dream and your desire, you want to serve God with all of your heart. And they're saying, what? You want to waste your life? Dream haters. But secondly, there's dream takers. People who will try to take your dreams from you. That's why we have patent laws in our country. To protect people's dreams and ideas. People who say, oh, you can't do that. That's never been done before. (laughs) Are you saying that just because something's never been done before, it can't be done? Come on now. Time had never been split. Jesus took care of that. A.D. and B.C. Death was never conquered. But Jesus took care of that. The grave was never defeated, but Jesus took care of that. And then thirdly, there's dream makers. That's what teachers and professors and coaches and parents and pastors are supposed to be. We're supposed to empower and inspire dreams. We're supposed to be come alongside and, and help people make them come true. Friends, as a believer in Jesus Christ... You too are enlisted in this ability or privilege and opportunity to help somebody else's dream come true to find freedom from their sin. Everybody's looking for freedom from sin and guilt and shame. And we can help them. Got some little cards out there you can use to help people. Here. Why don't you come to church? Why don't you go online and listen to some messages? Why don't you... Check this out. Acts chapter 9, verse 27. Barnabas took him, Saul, and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he'd preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved from about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Now get this picture. Here's Saul. He's persecuting and killing Christians. And and he has this vision on the Damascus road. And and God knocks him flat on his backside. And he he sees and hears God. And so his life is transformed and changed. But the Christians are still leery of this guy who was killing Christians. And now he says he's a Christian. You know, and so there's some suspicion going on. And Barnabas comes along and... He takes Saul, who became Paul, by the hand into this room full of apostles and he says, Hey guys, this guy's been converted and he's for real. Barnabas helped Paul's dream come true to reach the Gentiles with the gospel. Barnabas helped to facilitate somebody's dream. Assigned in your life and in my life are going to be people you don't even know. Maybe younger, maybe older, maybe shorter, maybe taller. You never know when they're going to come and they're going to grab your hand, so to speak, and say, I don't know what it is, but I feel I'm supposed to help you. You ever had someone come alongside that? You would say, I don't know what it is, but God has asked me to be praying for you. I don't know what it is, but... God is asking me to finance some 
thing you want to start. I don't know what it is, but God has asked me to offer my help, my encouragement, just to come alongside and pray with you, encourage you, whatever. You never know when God's going to send a Barnabas up to you and say that to you in so many words. Friends, your dream, now really get this, it's in your notes too, your dream is attached to destinies. Just let that sink in for a minute. Your dream is attached to destinies. It's not just about the here and now, the nice and everything else. It's about someone's eternal destiny. Your dream is attached to someone's destiny, so don't let your dream be aborted. Fight for your dream. Believe in your dream. Pray about your dream. Trust God for your dream because dreams, they really do come true. They do. And maybe you might feel like you're in a pit and God has forgotten you. Maybe you seem to have lost your vision. Friends, our dreams can still be viable. Maybe you parked it for a while. Hey, I just want to wake it up. I want to encourage you that, listen, dreams are powerful. God gives you dreams for a reason. Not to tantalize you or to, you know, make you feel fuzzy for a moment. That's enough of that. No, don't feel too good. No. Because your dream is attached to the destiny of many, many other people. Many people. This morning as we conclude, I don't know where you are in the scope of your dream or the vision that God gave you or he's maybe in the last little while, maybe it's become something that's growing in you and developing in you and, and, and this is just something, maybe it'll be just a catalyst to, to encourage you and spur you on, but as we conclude this morning, I want to come against some of the things that the enemy will use to try to destroy our dreams. And at times he'll use depression. He'll want us to be depressed and discouraged because of our life or things that are, aren't happening or whatever. I want us to come against the spirit of defeatism. Just can't get over this. I can't, I don't know, I don't know what to do and... The spirit of fear and discouragement. And instead of those things, I want to, as a, as a body of believers and those who will listen to this on, online, I want to say, no, God didn't come to give those things. God came to give us life. And God came to give us encouragement. God came to give you a destiny and a purpose and a vision and an idea and a plan. And he wants to see that fulfilled in your life. He had that plan way, way, way before you were born. And there is nothing Nothing that's going to take away God's purpose and plan for your life. Don't let your dream be aborted. Hang on to your dream. I remember as a young teenage kid saying, Lord, I know you're coming soon, but don't come until after I get married. I want to experience marriage. And now I'm so glad I've experienced marriage. Now I'm praying, God, you can come anytime. No, no, I'm not praying that. But There's still too many friends and relatives who don't know Jesus. Oh, Lord, just, 
I know you're coming soon, but just please, not yet. Not yet. I know, I know where I'm going, but I don't know what so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Don't give up on your dream. Maybe there's a family member you've been praying for and believing going to come to Christ. Don't give up. Maybe there's something else going in life. Maybe there's a, there's a decision that's being made. Maybe there's something in your future, career or, or education or whatever. I'm just saying, be like Samson. Take one step forward and say, God, okay, I'm praying. God, I'm praying just this one time, strengthen me. Just this one time, God, strengthen me for what you've got ahead of me. This one time, God, I'm committed to the dream you have in my life. I'm, I'm so committed, God. When my life is over, I'm going to die with my dream. I'm not going to have aborted it. I'm not going to throw it aside. It's going with me. I'm going to live, as sometimes the phrase is, live the dream. Live the dream that God has given you. Because he came to give us life and that more abundantly. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you Lord. Lord, I... I don't know exactly it's in everybody's life here, but God, I pray. They'll have heard I've said the Spirit speaking to us of giving us a dream as individuals, families, our business, working at solidifying the us in the dark times of life to see in clear color what's to do. And as we think should be, Lord, the greater the pullback in strength and power of that dream. Thank you, Lord, for the things we can learn. But Lord, you're there to teach us and show us. You're there. Lord, I, I bless your dream. God, the families, the home, the them. Lord, I just pray that we'll committed, committed, committed to serving you, Jesus, with all of our hearts and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. I thank you, God, and we just pray, Lord, against any discouragement, depression, any fear, any defeatism, Lord. I pray that, oh, in the name of Jesus, be replaced, Lord, God who loves us. And the God who helped formulate that dream for us before we were ever born and conceived. I thank you, Lord, that your plans and purposes are yea and amen. So, Lord, I seek your blessing on your people now. Let your word find lodging place, not only in our minds, but also in our actions. As we take a step forward, we pray and believe you, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen got a slide on the screen as we read this verse.